Hi, everybody. I am uh, here live with my new friend, Max Talisman. Um, I'm so excited he's on the show. We get to talk about all things uh, Syracuse, Broadway Artists Alliance, his incredible career, and everything that he's got going on from here until eternity. I've gotten to read through a lot of projects that he has going on, and I'm so excited. So welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for being on. This is a crazy time in America, or in the world, rather. It's not even America. Just uh, yeah, it is. No, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to oh talk to you. So we were talking before we went on air that we have a connection from Syracuse. I am from born and raised in Syracuse, and then uh, you went there for a couple years, and then we also have a Broadway Artist Alliance connection, which we oddly were not there at the same time, but have probably many of the same people that we've worked with, which is kind of cool. So uh, this business is so crazy. You just... Everybody knows everybody in some way, shape, or form. For sure, I feel, especially like, especially in the New York, you know, theater world, it's very, very small, um, in a in a very big way at the same yeah. time. But like, you definitely like, I, I, I know all the same people um, who like my friends know. You know what I mean? It's just kind of you end up in the circle and you meet people. And from a young age, I was you know in that circle. So yeah. Well, it's mind blowing how. You know, we say that this industry is so big and there's so many options and so many outlets, but it really is. I just said before we went live is at six degrees of separation that they're like, you know, someone who knows someone who then you've worked with, but then you haven't worked with the person that you're speaking directly to, but they know five of your friends that you grew up with. Like, it's outrageous. For sure. Yeah, no, it is. It's, it's really, really crazy. I, I Every time my friend does a show with or any friend does a show with someone, I end up knowing someone else in the cast. It's this very weird so funny. kind of thing of, you know, like I said, the circle of the industry. Everyone everyone has a connection to someone in some way. It really is. And then we, I, oddly enough, I grew up, or I didn't grow up, I lived in Virginia for seven years and did some work in D.C. So that's really funny. I was just reading through some more stuff. So literally. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I was born and raised in D.C. That's yeah. so awesome. So, and so I worked a lot in the DC theater industry um, as a youth. Which there is a lot there, really. Like there's so there's much. There's a in lot. DC. Yeah, no, a lot of theater in DC. It's a great community of theater. Yeah, really great area to grow up. And um, you know, Terrence McNally passed away yesterday, which was yeah. um, such a tragedy. But I I feel like. I was blessed in some way because I got to meet him wow. and Edward Albee on the same night once oh, wow. in DC because of the Helen Hayes awards. And so it's like this incredible magical experience that I'll always be able to hold on to, you know, that's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. So let's talk about where it all started, shall we? So you, um, you started in DC and you started performing in about third grade and it was all yeah. musical theater. So when was that moment that you realized, this is what I'm going to be doing for a long time? Um, I think it was even before that, to be honest. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, no, I, I think, so my mom, um, she had me in voice lessons, and she had me in dance and stuff, but she didn't let me perform until I was in third grade. Okay. Um, and my mom was very much like, you will have a childhood, right? Like, she was like, yep. you will not move to New York or you will not move to LA. Like this is, it's the life I have envisioned for you. And obviously as a kid, I'm kind of like, Oh no, I want to be 
you know, a star or whatever. But obviously now that I'm here, I can see all the benefits that having a childhood gave me um, and having an incredibly supportive family has given me as well. Um, but I think I saw, I, and I know I have this love-hate relationship with it because I saw Kat when I was three. Mm. Um, and I kind of, as soon as I, I talk about that night a lot, because as soon as I saw it, I was like, this is what I'm meant to do. I just knew it. It was kind of, it, that whole night was this magical experience. My grandfather took me and my sister. It was snowing. It was in D.C. And like, D.C. in the winter is kind of like New York City in the winter where it's just like this gorgeous thing when it snows, you know? Um, and so, yeah, ever since that night, I just kind of like knew that that was my path and I would be involved in the arts in some way. And then in um, third grade, I started performing. And ever since then, it was just kind of, that was it for me. I knew exactly what I wanted to do. Um, I used to have this tutor in middle school and high school named Don, who she's listening. Hi, Don. Um, I don't think, <laughs> I don't mean it just in case, but she, uh, she used to always say that, like, I would say to her, Don, why do I have to do math homework? I know exactly what I'm going to do with my life. Um, so I kind of have always had that kind of mindset of this is, this is my path, you know? I love that. I absolutely love that. What was the first show you did, if you remember? Les Miserables. It was as soon, so like, uh, it was 2003. So it was like right when the school edition rights came out. Yes. Um, so it was, um, 2003 and I was nine. Um, uh, yeah, so I did it and, um, yeah, it was just kind of like, uh, it was really, I was understudy Gavroche, but I got to do two of the six performances. Well, that's awesome. So it was, it was, it was a great experience. And then ever since then, it was just kind of show after show after show. I, I did a lot of stuff at this place in Rockville, Maryland called Musical Theater Center, which is now Adventure Theater Musical Theater Center. Um, and I performed there pretty much my entire youth. And then um, around uh, when I was in sixth grade, I um, booked my first professional role, which was Carolina Change at Studio Theater. And um, then from then on, I was performing in D.C. as well. That's amazing. It's actually interesting. You your first um, your first show in that in that magnitude was Carolina Change. We had uh, Janine Tesori on the show, so that's pretty cool. Oh, really? I mean, I'm a huge fan, obviously. She's outrageous. Um, she's I incredible. Her. I was just talking about Fun Home last night. So, yeah. She really is a force. And, and to be able to sing her music, it was... I will say, Carolina Change is one of those shows that I didn't have the respect that I should have had for it as a young kid. But then as I've gotten older and really listened to it and really dug deep into it, the show is beautiful. And I'm bummed that they had yeah. to push it back, but I'm glad that they just pushed it back. They didn't For sure. I mean, I was, um, to be in that production as a young person, it, it just taught me this great appreciation for that kind of theater, right? Where it's, it's such a beautiful show. And like, once you get into the music, it just kind of takes you away. You know mm, what I mean? Absolutely. Into specifically what the journey of the show is. It's, a, it's an incredible score, an incredible script by, um, by Tony Kushner. So, uh, yeah. Wow. So now I want to ask, because I see this in front of me, and I must know, you moved to New York City your senior year of high school? Um, no, I moved to New York, so I, um, I didn't move to New York my senior year of high school. I moved to New York um, right after my sophomore year at Syracuse. Gotcha. I um, 
when I was a senior in high school, I was living in D.C., but I was traveling back and forth all the time from New York. So I was homeschooled my senior year of high school because of all the time I was spending in New York City. So I wasn't living there, but I was spending probably two days of the week in New York. That's so cool. And so I, what was that move like for you? You said your sophomore year of college, most people, you know, get through those four years of college or either go right after high school. And you had kind of a little bit of both worlds when you moved. What was that like for you? You know, it's kind of interesting because I, I, um, like I said, I still have some of my best friends are from Syracuse and, um, I kept those connections. But once I got to New York, it was this weird kind of thing where it was like I was growing up in college, but then when I got to New York, I was forced to be an adult pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I, I definitely consider like like the five years I spent in New York as like the beginning of my adult life, like the most formative years of my life so far. Um, And I, I mean, I, I will, I, I might live in LA for the rest of my life and I will probably always consider myself a New Yorker first. Just because um, of what those years taught me, what they brought me, and all of that. So I I think moving there at that age was a very spur-of-the-moment thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, uh, it was, I've never been more right in a decision. Um, and that, that was proven to me over the next five years. I love that. I love, love, love that. So then you were, you did some work with Broadway Artist Alliance as a, uh, as a student, which I've gotten to do some work for them, and they're really incredible. They provide so many services and so many mm-hmm. outlets for young kids as well as adults. I mean, I think it's it's such a great organization. For sure. And so from there, yeah. you decided... Oh, I mean, they, um, in some ways, they gave me my start in the industry. And, and I, because I met my manager through Broadway Artist Alliance, and I've yes. been with her for the past 11 years. So... So in some ways, they gave me my biggest foot in the door that I've ever had, and it's led to everything. Oh, I love um, that. I'll be, I mean, like, there were, the training there was incredible, and the, the opportunities that they gave the kids were just magnificent. Mm-hmm. So I I thought it was an incredible experience. Um, I loved every second of it. I did it three years in a row, I think. Um, no, I did, I did it two, kind of three years, because I did, like, two summers and then one winter. That's um awesome. Yeah, it was just, I loved Broadway Artist Alliance. It was an incredible experience. So then you made the move, and you moved to Los Angeles. Yeah, so that's very recent. That's as of January. That's incredible. Congratulations. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it was just the the opportunities kind of opened up, and it was just, it was the right time to make the move. So um, I'm really excited to be here. I'm really excited with everything that's happening, and it's just, it's been a, so far, a, a, you know, kind of beautiful experience, but it's it's exciting to just be at the beginning of it and already be experiencing these incredible things, even as, you know, the world took a little pause. Um, so, yeah. But you've kind of gotten to do a lot of incredible, you've done the best of both worlds, really, and it, you're just getting started, but you moved to L.A., and while you were maybe being here and you know, going by Coastal, you did Super Dark Times, you did Search Party, NBC's Blacklist. It, your resume is just growing and growing and growing, and of course, commercials and things like that. Um, it must be so gratifying to realize that you've, you're knocking it out of the park. And unfortunately, we're in this time where things are kind of shut down, but 
you know, I was saying to someone who um, was really bummed one of their projects got canceled during this shutdown, that you can't take away the fact that you booked it. Though the projects aren't happening right now, you certainly cannot take the fact away that you have booked the projects and that someone wanted you to do these projects. So that's really awesome. So congratulations on that, really. Thank you. Well, I think think the thing is, like, with what's happening right now is that it's everyone, right? It's for you to, for me, or for anyone to be kind of focused on themselves when it's such a bigger thing. I mean, it's so natural to feel that way, obviously, but, I mean, there's there's greater issues at hand, you know what I mean? And the thing is, when we get back, it, we will get back. And so it's, it's really, this is a moment in time and we have to honor it and, you know, just follow um, what what's best for the country and the world. Absolutely. So what is a what is a piece of advice that you've taken throughout your career thus far that you would share with someone? Um, a piece of advice I got when I was young, when I did Carolina Change, um, was, you know, it's a famous saying, but don't rest on your laurels. Mm. You know, don't rest on your past successes. Don't kind of, um, don't, you know, enjoy, you can enjoy the past, but always want more. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of how I've always lived my life is I've always, you know, lived in the moment where I, I enjoy everything I get to do. And I'm so lucky that I've worked as much as I have, but I, I always strive for more. So I'm never, um, <laughs> you know, I'm not, I've never am satisfied. I've never felt what satisfaction is like because I always kind of want to keep improving Absolutely. as an actor, writer, and, um, you know, keep working at it. So it's, that's, that's the advice that I've taken the most is that you can't rest on something that's happened in the past, you can't, you know, kind of be, um, settle for the past. You know, you have to strive for more. Absolutely. I love that. If you could, uh, give some advice to our college professors and our high school teachers about getting people ready for the industry, what would you tell them? I think to be honest, I think a big issue that I had at Syracuse was how I, um, and this is, I, I, I had a lot of great teachers there and I learned a lot of great things, but I did feel like, um, there wasn't enough teaching about what the real world was like, what, um, especially in film, because I think, um, they, they really do. And this is a lot of programs across the country. I, I mean, I'm talking about Syracuse cause I went there. Um, but it's not just a Syracuse thing. I think, I think, um, a lot of times they don't prepare you enough for, how to enter the professional world, like things as simple as writing an email, mm-hmm. you know, the thing is if you're doing theater all the time and if you're, you know, in voice classes and all of that, you're not, you're not taught how to write an email, yeah. you know, and that's, that's a professional skill that you're going to have to have. Um, and so I, I, that kind of thing that I don't think they prepare you enough for. Um, and I think the truth is that because, a lot of the teachers at these schools haven't been in the industry now. Um, a lot of what they base their knowledge off of is not what it is now. So I remember at Syracuse, a lot of it was about like, you know, having your headshot and resume and like how to do that. But now the truth is that everything is digital. Right. Um, and so obviously you need a good headshot and you need to have your resume, but you don't need 
you know, 50 printed copies everywhere you go. Right. So it was that kind of thing that I feel like they're not as um, ready to teach because they just haven't, they're not in the world right now. They're not in the real world of acting at this moment and, and things in the world of acting change rapidly, mm-hmm. you know, um, with kind of how things are done, how things are taught. So I, that would be like, I think the training at these programs is truly amazing. I think they, they teach people how to be wonderful actors. Um, but I just wish that the, um, how to be a professional was taught a little more. Mm, I love that. I really like that. If you could go back and tell yourself something maybe five years ago about what you know now about this industry, what would you tell yourself? Five years ago? Yeah. Um, I think I would tell myself to trust my instincts. Mm. I think I would tell myself to um, trust myself on who to trust, Mm -hmm. you know, and who to give my energy to, um, and to be strong enough in myself to know the right people for that and the right decisions on that. So I think that's what I would tell myself is trust your instincts on like projects to take on auditions to take on, but uh, on who to work with as well. Absolutely. Um, and I think that's something that I've learned over time. I like that. Who's your musical influence? Musical influence? Ooh, I don't know. Um, Because I don't really, uh, like, I'm so, I'm more focused on film these days and film and TV uh, that I, I still sing, but it's not really, like, my career anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I don't know who my musical influence would be. I, would, I mean, probably years ago, I would say, like, Ryan Stokes Mitchell. But um, okay. I'm not sure who I would say now. Now, so then we're talking about film and TV. Who inspires you? Who inspires me just in film and TV or in general? Uh, let's go both. Because I think the most inspiring person in this world is Serena Williams. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and I will stand by that statement forever. I think she's <laughs> an icon. I think she's absolutely just an incredible person who's strived for greatness her whole life. Um, and I think I think everyone could learn um, how to kind of channel your passion into things from Serena. So that. that's who I would say for that. Um, as far as like um, you know influences in writing and uh, things like that, I mean, I think um, I my <laughs> my friend once described me as if. Um, Larry David and Lena Dunham had a gay baby. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Well played. So, I've always thought that was a really funny way of putting it. Um, but I, I kind of, I kind of feel that at the same time. I think, um, you know, I, 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 with my writing, I definitely kind of go in that form of comedy. And um, as an actor, you know, I think I'm inspired by a lot of people. I'm inspired by. Um, I don't know. It's it's hard to say, like pinpoint who are my biggest inspirations because it. Um, I really take a lot from a lot of actors. You know, a lot of people who, um, you know, show their passion, show their um, vulnerability mm-hmm. on screen. Um, and uh, and in comedy, I think that's also an incredible thing. And I, I'm very influenced by comedians. Um, and you know, even 
people on SNL or people, right. uh, you know, and, and so I was lucky enough to work on Search Party and the people who wrote that are very big influences on me. Um, and so, you know, Charles Rogers and Sarah Violet Bliss, I'm just, I love that show and I love the way they write comedy. And so to be on that show was kind of like this awesome thing because I was working with people who inspire me. And um, I've been lucky enough that that's kind of been true so far is every project I've done, I've been very passionate about. And so I've been lucky enough that that's true. That's and awesome. I'm, yeah, so I think I just get inspiration from, you know, kind of whatever is around. I, I just draw it. I draw creativity from whatever I see. <laughs> And um, from whatever I'm taking at that time. That's amazing. Do you, what is the hardest lesson you've learned within this industry? The hardest lesson, yeah. um, I think, is that it doesn't all happen at once. Okay. You know, I think that um, it's really about, you know, as I said, it's, it's about, like, you know, building and um, trusting and that the fact is that it's so rare to become, you know, this overnight sensation. Like, obviously, that's what, you know, people expect. But that's, I think the thing that you don't realize about the overnight sensations is the years and years of work that went right before that. Right. You know? And so that's, I think, the biggest lesson I've learned is that that's, that's the thing is, you know, you build, you work, you work, you work, and now... I'm starting to see, you know, the changes and, and that's incredible, but it's, it's taken years, you know, and I'm, and I'm a better person for every day that it happened Absolutely. and a better actor and a better writer and a better artist, but it's just, it took that time. And I think I would tell myself that it's, it's going to take time, you know? I'm, I, it's hard because it, unfortunately in this industry, it's such a waiting game. It's such a, we'll see experience. So I'm, I'm with you a hundred percent on that one. I think that's a great piece of advice that it takes time. Yeah. If you could go back and do something over again, because it was either so amazing or it was just so horrible that you feel like you can do it again better. What would that be? Mm. That's an interesting question. Um, <laughs> Um, I, I uh, honestly, I did a uh, rag time this one summer and I played younger brother and mm. it was just, it was like a one month thing in my entire life, but it was this kind of magical experience Absolutely. of just me and like the best youth that I knew in all of Maryland. And that was kind of an incredible thing to do a show that I was so passionate about. I love mm -hmm. rag time. I still I've, do. I've oddly heard um, that that's what rag time does. I've not done it myself yet. But I've heard that that's the type of show that it is. It is. I really think it is. And so I, yeah, I live a lot in, you know, I think a lot about that time. And, um, yeah, I think that I would do that one again just to kind of enjoy it, um, you know, eat up the process. And then I think the same with um, Orange is the New Black, mm -hmm. not because I, I'm, you know, disappointed in the performance I gave, but it was my first time on a set, mm -hmm. um, first time on, like, a real set. And I think I would let myself enjoy it more. I think I would, you know, put less pressure on myself uh, and just try to enjoy the moment as much as possible. Because uh, I did have an amazing time on that set, but I kind of had to work my way into letting myself. Mm -hmm. And I, I would now let myself know that, um, you know, this is, 
yes, you're meant to do this, so just enjoy it. I'm, I'm so, that was a great segue because I'm curious as to what it was like to walk onto such an iconic set. And I really think, and someone can fight me on it, and I'm sure they will, that I think Orange is the New Black kind of put Netflix on the map for series television. Um, It was just up and coming. We had movies, we had Law & Order SVU, but I think it was really that first Netflix original that we went, oh, we can can do this. That's kind of cool. So what was it like to just walk on to that set and and see all of that? I, you know what I mean? I don't even know how to ask that question. I can just only imagine what that feeling was. Well, yeah. So it was literally my first job um, in film or TV. So it was this, it was an unreal thing because I'd watched, obviously I, I had watched all the show to that point. I, I've watched all of it now. So um, I, I've seen the entire thing, but I mean, it was, season four. And so I don't think I really, um, you know, the episode that I did had a huge emotional weight to it. And, um, we were in the flashback, so we didn't really realize what the emotional weight was of that episode, but it was this incredible episode. That's kind of, you know, the kind of becomes the epicenter of the entire show, the entire series. So, um, but walking onto that set, it was just this, welcoming thing to be honest everyone there was you know working for the show they loved the show they were passionate about it but it's kind of unreal to you know walk into the doors of litchfield absolutely you know absolutely. and um, you know be going into uh, you know a room to eat lunch that's right past all the cells like it's just it was this bizarre kind of thing to love the show deeply really love the show um and then walk onto the set and, you know, be part of it. Um, and uh, the thing is, the, the that show was so beautifully run. Oh, yeah. And uh, it was just it was just an incredible experience for everyone. There was no... It was really, like, the most pure set I can imagine. Like, everyone loved each other deeply, and you could tell that. And uh, so it was... It, I don't think walking onto an iconic set like that is ever as easy as it was on orange. Wow. And that says a lot about the showrunners of, of it. And that's fantastic. It's really awesome. For sure. So I want to ask a question. I didn't want to make, I wanted to make sure that the interview was not solely about this, but I'm very curious if you would be willing to share with our listeners. Um, I'm going to say the acronym and then kind of have you explain it. If you would like to, if you don't want to talk about it, you can be like, not talking about that. And we can edit it out later. But um, LCPD. Uh, uh, what one? Sorry? LCPD. LCTV? LCPD. I can't even say it out because I don't know what it is specifically. Leg. Sh- I can't even say it. Leg. Shall- sh- leg. Cal. Cal. Oh, God. I don't even know what it is. It's not even phonetically written. But it's something that you've overcome. Oh, you mean my hip disease, like Percy's? Yes, yes. Yeah, for sure. I can talk about that. Yeah, like so Percy's. Yeah, yeah. Can you tell our, can you tell our listeners what LCPD stands for, and then uh, how it's impacted you, and then of course how you've overcome it? Because I'm so, I'm so curious about this. 
Yeah, um, so I actually, to be honest, I, I'm not sure for the whole acronym. I know that the main part of it is like proceeds. Um, it's, it's, um, the easiest way to explain it is that it's like the growth plate in your hip shifts and the bone moves out of its socket. The easiest way to explain the pain is kind of just like very advanced arthritis. And I had it in both hips um, from age three. So um, it was, you know, uh, kind of um, my mom was a, an incredible source of everything in my life. She's an incredible mom and person. My dad's incredible too. But my mom, um, she would say to me that every person who's ever done anything worthwhile had to, you know, overcome something. And she was like, and this is your mm -hmm. thing. This is what you have to overcome. And so in kindergarten, I had, you know, full leg braces and I couldn't, I couldn't do recess and anything like that um, because I, you know, was totally tied up in these leg braces. And, um, you know, I, I've dealt with it my whole life. Now it's really just the occasional pain that I have to deal with. And by occasional, I mean pretty much every day. But um, it's, it's just kind of part of my life. It's just kind of, you know, something that I know I have, I know I have to deal with, but it doesn't hold me back in any way. It doesn't, it, it, it never has, and it never would. So, um, yeah. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. As a, as a chronic illness uh, warrior myself, I totally appreciate and applaud the journey that you've taken with that. So congratulations. And, um, I wish you, you all the best and no pain is, is good, but I'm glad that you found a way to overcome it and, uh, figure out how to use it for, I don't want to say for your advantage, but for good and for positive yeah, things. Yeah, for sure. So, no, I think, yeah. Congratulations. Um, so I, I'm so thrilled that we've had this opportunity to chat. I want to, um, I want to do a little bit of a game with you, if I may. We get to see your career and go online and look at your accolades and watch you on television. But I would love to have our listeners know who you are as a person, if you don't mind. So I'm going to ask you some rapid fire questions. Is that Okay. Okay, sure. Let's go. Awesome. Okay, so what's your favorite color? Blue. Favorite candy? Anything chocolate. Favorite TV show? Favorite TV show? Yep. <laughs> I have no clue. I watch so much TV. Um, you're the worst. I'll say you're the worst. <laughs> Pre-show meal? Pre-show meal. Um, well, when I did a show downtown every day I would eat teriyaki chicken and sarkuj pan. Yes, yes. Post-show meal. Post-show meal? Um, chicken tenders, fries. Love it. Favorite show currently on Broadway? No. What? <laughs> Favorite show currently on Broadway? Hadestown. Uh, Go-to musical genre, not musical theater? Indie pop. If you could do any other occupation, what would it be? There is no other occupation. <laughs> I love that answer. I, if I could do math and if I wasn't a performer, I would be an architect. Because I think I it's a that. really cool art form of like creating physical things. Okay. Favorite movie? The Dark Knight. Favorite old school Broadway show before 1970? Before 1970. Kiss Me Kate. Guilty Pleasure Snack. Won't see anything chocolate. <laughs> Guilty pleasure television show, <laughs> reality TV. Um, I just watched Tiger King and Love is Blind, so yes, I have many. I just finished Love is Blind. I'm fascinated, and I can't wait for season two because they just announced it. 
Tiger King, so I'm in the watch, middle of it. No. Watch Married at First Sight if you like Love is Blind. What is it, Married at First Sight? Okay. And then I just... Yeah, it's the same producers. I just started Tiger King, and I'm on episode five. I'm very confused. I feel very uncomfortable. And I heard it only gets worse from here. So there's that. But, like, the most confusing thing about the entire thing is how Joe Exotic can have that speaking voice and then have that singing voice. Right. Like, I don't... Like, I, what? There's a disconnect. Something's there's, happening. There's a lot of disconnects. I mean, for spoiler alert for anybody, because I have to say it out loud, that the man tried to run for public office. Like, spoiler alert, if yeah. you haven't seen it, good luck when you get to that episode, because that was mind Oh, what a, great, what a great TV. But yeah, many guilty pleasure shows, for God. sure. I feel like at that point, I was like, is somebody writing this? Or is this, this is real life. It's crazy. Um, no, it's real. It's, it's just bizarre. It's yeah. outrageous. Favorite uh, holiday? Halloween. Favorite season? Summer, spring, winter, or fall? Fall. East I mean, Coast. In LA, there isn't really a fall, but fall. <laughs> That's true. East Coast or West Coast? Ooh, I'm going to get in trouble for this one. East Coast. Love it. Fa- uh, favorite vacation spot? Um... I think, think well, that's a tough one. I would just say um, Jamaica. Yeah, I, love it. I guess Jamaica. I've been there multiple times, so I would go back. Yeah. Okay. Last question, and this is a three-parter. So, uh, dream role that you've already played, a dream role that at your current age you are eligible to play, and a dream role in about thirty years you can play, and will be cast in. In movies or. Um, Ooh, we can do both. It doesn't matter. Okay. Sure. So, um, I'll see Dream Rolls so far. Uh, Super Dark Times was a dream role because I got to create something and something I was very passionate about. Um, also the movie I'm currently in pre-production of that I wrote and will star in is a kind of a dream role experience. Um, so I'm really excited about that. It's called Things Like This. And um, that's going to be kind of a dream to just, you know, film that this coming winter. Um, dream role that I... Was the dream role that I'm eligible for now? I guess that, that has things like this. So I'll say that. Um, the movie that I wrote. So okay. I'll be playing that in this coming winter when we film it. And that's a dream role that I'm really excited about. Awesome. In like 40 years... Let's remake a movie version of Man of La Mancha, and I'll do it. <laughs> I love, I love that. I, nobody's ever said that before. I love it. I, Max, this has been so much fun, and I am so excited to chat with you and to follow your career and to watch watch it grow and watch you do amazing things. I definitely want our um, I want our listeners to be able to listen uh, to listen. Oh my god. I want our listeners to be able to follow you. So can you tell us your website and your social media and all of that stuff? Of course. Yeah. So my entire social media, Twitter, Instagram, and anything like that is, um, the Max T show. Say it so one more Max time. T show. Follow me. I will. I post, oh, I don't post a lot anymore, but I definitely post good things. The Max um, T Show. I love it. And then, um, yeah, so follow me there, The Max T Show. And then um, my website is just maxpallison.com. And that will also lead you back to my social media. I love that. I absolutely love that. Thank you so much for being here. The Max T Show. Thank Go you so follow much for having me. me. 
watch him on Netflix. Watch where his career goes. Go follow him on all the social medias. Go check him out on his website. I'm very appreciative. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Take care of yourself. Wash your hands. And I hope that you are relaxed out in this time. Thank you so much. Sixteen feet below sea level.